Welcome to episode 127 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about the USDA adding bird animal care welfare to their inspections, and I talk about the discovery of an elephant graveyard. We learn about two new interesting looking pics, and about our final listener's choice for Animal of the Week. So let's get to it. Episode 127 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 127 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of super cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I went to the zoo. I'm jealous. Yep. Do you see the babies? I saw the babas. Yay. You've seen the babies at least twice now yes. since I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. So when we went by... So the Andean... We went a very different route than we normally do because mm-hmm. we just didn't do base camp this time. Yeah. Um, we went straight to, basically straight to the Andean bears. Okay. And they were asleep. <laughs> it was funny because mom was like on her back, mm-hmm. just reclining, all knocked out. And then the two babies were up on top resting. On top of mom? No. Oh, on, oh. The, on the hammocky thing? Yeah, on the wooden platform thing. Oh, okay, okay. They're all tuckered up, and I didn't even see the one until it was, like, kind of rolling around Aww. in sleep. Um, but then we found out, because we ran into my, one of my mom's co-worker friends, mm-hmm. um, and they were talking, and then we parted ways. But then, um, as soon as she left, uh, like a few minutes later, they were apparently up playing and then nursing from mom, and Aww. we missed that. Bummer. I feel like with those, you just have to post up. Yeah. I think there is a bench near them, isn't there? I don't know if it's right in front of them, though. No, it's not in front of them. But you but could post I, up there, and then if people start staring. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people, like, post up with their cameras yeah. re- at the ready, especially over by the leopard cubs. Yeah, for that sure. And my mom keeps wanting to call jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're Africa, so they can't be jaguars. Nope. Um, so, yeah, we and we visited the leopard cubs twice. Mm-hmm. The first time we went, they were resting in, like, the little walkway thingy up top the rock area yeah. okay yeah and then um we oh came... no sorry the walkway that yeah. goes around okay so mm-hmm. you're saying yeah yeah and then the second time we mm-hmm. came back they were up on the rocks towards the back of course that's yeah. where i feel like they're probably gonna be most of the time yeah it was so funny because one of them got up and she decided to walk a little way and then sleep right on top of her sister <laughs> That's a cat. <laughs> yeah. And then she, all the meantime, like, we moved a little bit and could see her face was just staring at the mom the whole time. <laughs> Do something. Do something. Move. Get her I wanna, off. I want to see them climb up there. Yeah. I've seen, I saw that last time, but not this time. So jealous. Yeah. And there is no bench by them, I don't think. I don't there think so. is a bench. Oh, there is? Just not where you could see them. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. I'm pretty sure there's a bench because, like, every time we would go to enclosures, my sisters would be standing with us for a little bit. Then they would go sit on the bench. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw the Fusa, but they were asleep. But oh, I could actually see them. see them up close. I don't, That one time, they were jumping around being mm-hmm. crazy. But I think it's the only time I've ever seen them do anything. Yeah. Um, the penguins are back in their enclosure. Oh, good. Okay. Let's see. That one front enclosure for the flamingos still has the statues. Nice. But they're back in their other enclosures. Right, where they've moved them. Yep. 
Let's see, what else happened? Oh, I saw the baby, um, koala. There's a baby koala? Yes, there's a baby koala. How old is the baby? I don't know how old, but she's tiny and cute. Mm -hmm. I want to see all the critters. Mm -hmm. That one at least is pretty flat. That'd be easier to get to. Yeah, that's easy to get to. Um, I could see the... It was funny. I could see the Hyrex, the Clipspringer, and the Mongooses all at the same time. Wow. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen all of them out. Yep. So. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Are those the same type of Hyrex that are over behind the lions? Or are they different? They're the same Hyrex. They're Why both... Why are they separated? That's weird mm -hmm. to me. Anyway, okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure they're both... Rock Hyrax. I think so. Yeah. I know there's such a thing as tree Hyrax, but I don't think they have them. I don't think so. No. They tend to be bigger and chunkier based on what my boss told me. We love the chunkies. Yeah. Go chunkies. Yeah, she said they look like a bunch of copies. Because <laughs> our, our bigger uh, Hyrax, her name's Copy. Copy, okay. Yes, yeah, she's a chunk chunk. Uh-huh, she's a chonkers. Yes, she is. Babies. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fun. Oh, and I saw the. It was funny with the mountain lions. We got there. Yeah. And then we were like, we could only see one. It was up top of the rocks because we course. saw it from the Skyfari. Yeah. And then we were just searching, searching. Then I saw a little wiggle of a palm. It's like, there's the other one. <laughs> and then it finally came out. Those guys are almost always sleeping up yeah. top. I think I've seen them walking around like twice ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was actually um, an article in the. AK Azak um, forum, Animal Keepers forum, um, regarding uh, going over like this multi-day behavioral enrichment thing they did with their cougars at the San Diego Zoo. Hmm, okay, it's very interesting and complex. <laughs> okay, <laughs> several stages and steps. Okay, well you'd have to be careful. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can just go in there and put something in there constantly. Yeah. No, because it's like... you want to be the enrichment. <laughs> yeah, because it started with, like, scenting their enclosure with, like, small prey items. Okay. And then eventually working their way... Then eventually putting in the small prey item as enrichment. Hmm. Dead, of course. Right, obviously. And then more working that way up until they put in a lamb carcass. Hmm. And they had a cache in there, which is, like, basically this pile of brush where they would let the cougars, like, drag the carcass over and hide it. Oh, because they want to cover their... Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yep. Didn't see the main wolf, though. I almost never see the main wolf. I got lucky last time. They were up and walking around. Amazing. Yes. I yes, think sir. I may have seen them one time, and I don't think they were walking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, crazy times. Yep. All right. Well, are they getting closer to being done with the hippo thing? I don't know. I don't even see the Okapi out when I go over there. It's like the Okapi aren't even out. I, I honestly haven't out. been over in that area the past two times. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much of a reason to go there mm -hmm. without that. Where's the fishing cat? <laughs> I don't think that's on Tiger Trail, is it? I think it's I on think a it's by one. Tiger Trail, is actually. It? There's so many trails that, like, split off and interwine. Because mm -hmm. that's how you get to the one aviary. It was like, oh, it's, yeah. like, off this versus, Oh, like, and I finally saw tops. the baby orangutan, too. Oh, well, how old is the baby orangutan? I think a few months. I didn't know they had a baby. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it was that one that had, be, um, had some complications when he was born. Oh, okay. And so he was separated from his mom for a while. I don't think I heard about that one, but okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I believe you. Yep, Kaja is his name. Oh, that's cute. Yep. He was sitting up there on the bars with his mom, and then mom, of course, was just covered in her burlap sack. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be seen today. Yeah. I've had enough. I, I feel her. Yeah. 
Oh, and I tried this um, cookie um, dough, chocolate chip cookie dough milkshake. How? It would get stuck in the straw. Yeah. Me and my sister were like underwhelmed. It was kind of disappointing because there were no chunks of. How could there be? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to drink them. Sure you could. It just had to be smaller pieces. But there was like no chunks of cookie dough. There was chocolate chip cookie in it. Then how can they say it's cookie dough? That's a lie. Yeah. I always wonder. I see people with that like sundae with the like churros in it. Mm -hmm. I wonder how that is. I've had it at the safari park. It's good. Is that? I liked it. Mm. That is definitely a sharing yeah. dessert, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me and my sister ranked it lower at like five or six. You're ranking them? Yes, we ranked it. What's the best dessert? I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. It's like I've had that. Oh, no, the uh, ice cream cookie sandwiches over at the Safari Park. Really? I love I just those. know their soft serve ice cream is great. Yes, it is. I don't know I should why have it's gotten, so good. I should have gotten the soft serve ice cream. And I remember seeing like articles talking about why you shouldn't be eating soft serve ice cream. I was like, I know it's something to do with bacteria. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm eating my soft serve. There's so many things that you shouldn't be eating that we eat. Let's be real. <laughs> we eat so many things that are horrible. Hot dogs, hello. Anyway. Hey, yeah, in my no. defense, I have turkey dogs. To be fair, I have not had soft serve in a long time, but yeah. I remember when they had the... Oh, they have the show now at the park, too. Did you go to that when you went No, I forgot about it. I had to go see that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I remember when they had the bird show, and I like wanted to get there early to get a good seat or whatever, and I went and got soft serve at the one over by the butterfly mm-hmm. jungle thing, and I'm like sitting there waiting, eating my ice cream, and they're yeah. like... The employees are like, oh, that looks really good. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it is real good because it must have been summer. So I was like, yeah. it, is, it is very good. I was at the swirl. Oh, yeah. So good. And that was something that was weird because I was able to get my milkshake, but my older sister, she wanted her uh, get just get a soft serve ice cream, but the machine wasn't working. That's weird. But they could give me my milkshake, so I was confused. It I must come know. out of a different thing, though. Yeah. Obviously. But next time, I will choose the soft serve soft serve is real good there mm-hmm. i don't That's know nice. if i should risk that i'd yes, have to do it, the, it. It's i'd have it. to do it at the park so that i could come home quickly <laughs> if it goes bad yeah which it probably will anyway lots of good time i really want to try that churro thing sometime do they have that at the animal park i believe so it's okay. at like uh over by cheetahs oh it's so far away i feel like they should have it at the one over by the gorillas you know mm-hmm that's like my favorite place to eat there because usually you can find a table yeah. kind of off. They used to have this sampler <laughs> thing I really loved. It had like onion rings, chicken strips, wow. french fries. You do- Oh, yeah. You don't like onion rings. I don't like onions, period. And I definitely don't like onion rings. Could you imagine currently oh, what that would do like to me? Oh, they had these special like chicken strips over at the zoo, too. There was like Nashville um, yeah. hot no wings um and a couple other ones that look really good that i was like oh i'd want to try but it's too much along with the milkshake yeah <laughs> onion rings first of all onions kill me and i don't like the taste and then it's fried i love onion rings. so fried and onions yeah. would just be a disaster <laughs> yeah i had so i had that shake i had um what else did i eat i had kettle corn and i had popcorn no more margaritas were you there no too watered down no it's just too expensive that's true they're yeah. really expensive. i love that i actually do like the margaritas a lot but it's like no too expensive yeah they're really expensive mm-hmm. i just have to go to the zoo and get my pizza because that's why i can also that pizza is ridiculously good i don't understand it where is that pizza again so there's over 
So there's one little spot. It's that little. So, so you go to the main entrance and you go to the right as you're going over Australia area, right? To like uh -huh. the, you know, that area. And there's that little like patio past. There's like a shop. And then at the end of the shop, there's a little restaurant thing. And then there's a patio. On the outside cart of that patio, they have pizza. Uh -huh. And then the main one is over at, I call it Better Buzz. It's not Better Buzz. <laughs> That's the coffee place. Uh -huh. um, but it's over in the um, base, camp. base camp. And it's that, they have all the bee stuff over there. Oh. It's there. That's where you, That's the main spot nice. to get it. So anyway, so I just, I don't understand how, have you had it yet? No. All I remember is their flatbread pizza from, that I had like years ago. You need to get the, I don't understand how like theme park, cause I don't really consider like zoos theme parks, but anyway, like, you know, that kind of place pizza is so good. I was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm blown away. Half the time I'm like, I kind of want to get a bigger one, like the medium. Yeah. And that, cause they have like a personal and I think there's like a medium and then like a big one, I think. And I half the time I want to get the medium and like eat my two little pieces there and then take it home with me because <laughs> it's so mm. good. Anyway, it's ridiculous. And for whatever reason, the sodas at the park are just mixed better than any soda anywhere else. So I always go to the park on a cheat day. Yeah. <laughs> then I oh, I was also happy because they have Coke Zero along with Diet Coke there. Oh, how exciting. Yes. Coke Zero is nasty. I love it. I mean, I've only had Cherry Coke Zero, but it was nasty. And I let people like, oh, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, literally my mom and I accidentally grabbed them. And in the dark, we were drinking them. We're like, what is wrong with this? Mm. We turn on the light in the car and we're like, ah, we got the wrong thing. So you people are crazy. Mm. <laughs> There's a big difference taste. Also, I love there was someone who posted one time. They're like, Coke out of a bottle and Coke out of can. These are two different drinks. And I'm like, you are absolutely right, sir. <laughs> they have absolutely different tastes. Mm. Anyway, I digress. Um, all right. Well, that's exciting. I hope I get there soon. Fish. Mm. Anyway. Well, um, I've been feeling like crap. <laughs> the weather changed last week. So as per usual, anytime the weather changes and it rains, I get sinus issues for like three days at least. I think I had them for like four days, but it was really weird this time because usually it's like it starts to get kind of bad and then I'm miserable for two to three days and then it like starts to like, you know, slowly get better. But this time... Like, I was miserable Tuesday through Thursday, and then Friday, I was just 100% back to normal, <laughs> which was so weird. But then Saturday, obviously this was last week, um, Saturday, I had, like, migraine-level headache. I literally had to turn off all the lights and just lay down. Mm. So it was bad. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, so then it was just weird because I was like, well, it's probably sinus, and also my stomach's upset, so, like, when you get, like, a back drip and stuff, that'll upset your stomach. Anyway, um, I'm like, it's probably sinus. It's just weird. Because it was also only the right side of my head. So it was so strange. Mm -hmm. But anyway, and then my mom was like, well, I read actually if you have a cat, you're supposed to wash your sheets twice a week. And I was like, that is insane. <laughs> I wash my sheets once a week. But I think it might be true. I think I might be allergic to my cat. Because I had one day she was laying on the bed and I laid down and my face was like a few inches from her. Mm -hmm. And after about five, ten minutes, I had to pull away because my eyes were like burning. And I had something else, too. So I was like, oh, my God, I am allergic to her. So I think I'm allergic to my cat. So now I'm thinking I might change out the pillowcases twice a week. Because <laughs> that's the only thing where your head is, like, buried in it. So I'm like, maybe I'll change out the pillowcases twice a week. Because that's not as involved <laughs> as doing the whole sheets. Anyway, which my cat loves to destroy. So anyway. And she's insane. Lately, she gets, like, her zoomies, but she gets them in my room. So she'll, like, I mean, the door's open. She can go anywhere she wants. But she jumps on my piano, jumps on the bed, usually, like, inches from my head. 
which wakes me up. And then she jumps up on the windowsill. And then she runs and does it again. And she does this, like, three times. And then she's meowing and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, this cat is insane. This cat that I think I'm allergic to. <laughs> so, anyway, not a fun time. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to start taking more precautions and see mm-hmm. if that helps my sinus issues. But I think when it rains, it's not going to matter. Like, that's usually what kicks it up. But mm-hmm. anyway, but Saturday was god-awful. Um, yeah. So, anyway, not a fun time. Just speaking of zoomies, it was really cute because we stumbled right upon the crested porcupines when one of them got the zoomies. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah, but it was only for a quick second. It was like zoomies and then done. Done. <laughs> I don't and I don't feel like a porcupine is something I associate zoomies with. No. Well, at least the crested ones. The porcupine I work with definitely doesn't get oh. zoomies. I think of that as, like, obviously cats, sometimes dogs, mm-hmm. or canids, and then pigs. Yeah. <laughs> they mm. definitely get it. Yeah. Sometimes horses, though, and cow. I love the videos of, like, cows and horses playing with giant balls. Oh, yeah. And just, like, having the best time of their life. Mm. Also, cows are just giant dogs. There was a video, and it was like, oh, the owner's sad. And the dogs try to comfort him, and then they run off, and then, like, some cows come over, and the cows are, like, rubbing against him. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, they're just giant doggies. That's anyway. Weird. All right, well. Yeah, but, um. Yeah? Yeah, one well, of my friends, she uh, used to work at Pacific Animal, and they had this one African-crested porcupine mm-hmm. that was always so sociable and friendly that it would try to do, like, little leg um, tunnel you know, like how dogs do that agility thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Would do that through their legs. <laughs> oh, no. Hi-ya. Like, please don't back up. Yep. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's move on into what we want to talk about today. And uh, what did you want to talk about, Casey? I'm talking about some d- changes in regulations. Okay. Yeah, I know. There's no introduction. That was very vague. Okay. Yep. So recently, there was some... American, eh, not American. Technically, it's American, but okay. Um, NML Welfare Act. Um, they amended su- the Welfare Act to include birds. So typically, when you're dealing with zoological institutions, they only look at mammals. Really? Yes. That seems crazy to me. Yes. Yeah, so, um, but recently they just amended. Um, so when USDA comes for in the inspections, they would just do ma- look at the mammals. Now they're going to start doing that with birds as well. They've been talking about that for a while, and there was one zoological, there was one facility um, that was basically a really bad hoarding situation where there's over 100 birds that died. Oh my god. So that was the final push really, and now they've uh, finally um, finalized the bird rules have been published. Um, that was back on February 21st. And how it's going to work now, um, actually, watch the webinar on this. Um, so facilities that are already licensed or registered, um, they have to be compliant with the new bird regulations by August 21st. So technically, you don't have to, um, they're not going to be looking at all that if your inspections before August 21st, but after it, you have to be compliant. Okay. All right. And if you're new, uh, licensee or registrant, uh, then you have to be compliant by February 21st of next year. Okay. Yeah. And this is also how I found out about different classes of licenses because uh, the registrants, it's a bit different. Um, and I don't care much about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I work at a zoological facility, so I care more about licenses because we have a class C license and I finally figured out what's the difference between the three. Okay. What are they? So class A... Uh, those are breeders. Okay. 
Class B is brokers, so you don't own them. You just basically buy and sell them between facilities. That's weird. Yeah. I don't feel like I don't, right. I don't, based on what I know, there's not many of that doesn't just seem Class B. ethical. Yeah. Um, and then there's Class C, which are exhibitors, so zoos, aquariums, right. that kind okay. of stuff. So, also, I found out there are rules regarding whether or not you need a license. So, if you have eight or more pet birds, then you require a license. Interesting. Yes. But if you have just one non-pet bird, then you're going to need a license. Um, and there's an exception for raptors. So okay, wait. I'm getting confused. Okay, so you have to have eight pet birds you need a license? Eight or more pet birds you pet require birds. a license. Okay, so if you had a bunch of finch, finches, yeah. mm -hmm. you need a license if you hit eight. Yeah. And then if you have one non-pet bird. Yeah. I think it does get broken down into size too, but I don't remember Okay, which I'm assuming would be like if you had like a yeah. hawk or something like that, right? Yeah. Okay. So if you have a non-pet bird, hawk's an exception. Actually, that's probably, they probably do like the um, raptor stuff with that, right? So yeah, the raptors, um, you can have three and not have a license. And basically that was put in so it did not negatively impact For hawks falconers. Specifically? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. So yeah. Okay, so so what is the non-pet bird then? A freaking cassowary? <laughs> I mean, that is a non-pet bird, so a penguin, okay. a kingfisher, those kinds of things, more exotic birds. Okay, okay. So not like your parrots, your finches, things, canaries, right. things like that. What about ostrich and emu that are farm birds a lot of the time? Hmm. I feel like that would get considered under, like, livestock. I believe it's different for livestock. Okay. So they wouldn't fall under that. Interesting. Anyway, okay. So anyways, um, because this is all very new, the rules regarding the birds is very much performance based, meaning it's not going to be a whole lot of, say you have a penguin requires this square footage big, or you have this species of birds requires that amount of perching space. Right now it's currently just um, rather performance based. They're coming in for f health assessments. Okay. Um, and they're requiring tagging for basically just tracking birds. You don't have to have like, the ID tags were, say you had like a facility that had like 150 uh, parakeets in mm -hmm. like a free flight aviary that you do feedings with. You don't have to have an ID tag for every single bird. It's just for transport. Because I remember there were like half a dozen people in a webinar that had that question. Okay. <laughs> and that they just addressed that right up front too because they were getting so many emails regarding that. So then, okay, so also question. If you can't have more than eight pet birds, that means people who breed birds have to have a license. Yes. I guarantee you many people who breed birds do not have a license. Oh, yeah, those are definitely some backyard breeders that okay, don't yeah. have licenses. All right, anyway, sorry, continue yeah. on. So, yeah, um, so right now we're getting ready for our UCA license. We'll probably get ours before this. Also, I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. if, I mean, we're a Class C facility anyways, um, also, basically, with Class C's, you don't also, because a lot of, like, zoos and aquariums have breeding programs, you don't also need a right, Class A would, yeah. because it just falls under the Class C. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those are a bunch of things that I learned. and yeah. I'm blown away that they only cared about mammals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they didn't care about reptiles. It's a oh, yeah. huge no. group. And yeah. birds. Yeah, reptiles usually just gets deferred to state. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Okay. But birds had no one? Yeah. Insane. What about yeah. fish? Well, again, that's... State, State regulations. Okay. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away. All yeah. right. Anyway. I suspect in the coming years they'll add reptiles, but that'll probably be much slower. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's uh, crazy. Yep. And they have a bunch <laughs> of videos on the link I posted. Um, a lot of this was catered for people to actually have these facilities. Right. So, um, but I would say, based on the ones I've seen so far, they are relatively easy to understand. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. It's not a whole bunch of scientific terms that I don't know the names of. No. Okay. But there is one very long video. Okay. Because that has to do with preparing for pre-license inspections at your facility. Okay. Um, I remember a lot in the webinar is like, talk to your mammal folks at your facility because they've been through this. They understand it. <laughs> That's a lot of what I was told. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. But yeah. So yeah, that's one um, big major change that's happened recently. That's cool. Yep. I mean, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was recent. This was recent, but from long ago. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> so, nearly six million year old elephant graveyard unearthed in Florida, which automatically makes me think, of course, of Lion King. You know why, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, uh, uh, not acceptable if you don't know it. <laughs> so, paleontologists have uncovered a graveyard of ancient elephant relatives. So, an ancient elephant graveyard chock full of massive bones has been unearthed along what was once a prehistoric river in northern Florida. The fossils of these long extinct beasts belong to Gomphotheris, is my guess, a relative of modern elephants, and date back to about 5.5 million years ago during the Miocene epoch? Yeah, it's pronounced epoch. Okay. Um, it's not saying yes Or epoch. I like Epoch better, I think. Anyway. All right. So um, it was very exciting because this gave us an opportunity to not only see what an adult of those would have looked like, but also to very carefully document each and every bone in its skeleton, said Jonathan Block, a curator of vertebrate paleontology at the Florida Museum of Natural History, who co-led the excavation. That's exciting from a scientific perspective if you're trying to understand the anatomy of these animals and something about their biology and evolution, Block told Live Science. Anyway, so researchers discovered a trove of gomphotheri. That's what I'm saying. Gomphotheri bones at a site at the site, a large-scale excavation area near Gainesville, known as the Montbrook site in 2022. It looks oh. like it's pronounced gomphotheri. Gomphotheri. Okay, great. Um, although excavators had unearthed some gomphothere bones there before, the team was surprised when a volunteer found the remains of an, of an especially large individual. So anyway, they started saying they just kept finding bone after bone after bone. So it was like the full skeleton of one of these guys, which was, was cool. So anyway, so eventually the team excavated entire skeletons from one adult and at least seven juvenile gomphothere. <laughs> you just said it. I already forgot it. Anyway, the adult measures eight feet. 2.4 meters tall at the shoulders and scientists estimated while its skull and tusks um, are more than 9 feet, 2.7 meters long, which is roughly the same size as modern African elephants. Um, a remarkable size that sets a local record for largest <sighs> gomphothere. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so they go on to talk about it a little bit more, but anyway, they found full skeletons of these things, so it was just, it was a, it was a cool thing, basically. So there you go. You can read more about it in the article that will be on the website. But um, I saw Elephant Graveyard, and, you know, me as a Lion King mm -hmm. person, that's immediately where my brain went. So, there we go. Yeah. I decided to Google Gumphotheria, and um, one of the first images that pops up is Gumphotherium, and I'm pretty sure this was part of the display I saw when I went to the La Brea Tar Pits. Could be. That would make sense. Yeah. I want to go back there. That's me fine. too. I haven't been since I was a child. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so Casey. Yes, Allie. What's big, gray, and really loud? An elephant? A elephant. Yeah. My gosh. <laughs> I really like that one. Anyway, so there you go. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on into um, our picks this week. And it was Casey's turn to choose. So what did you, what's the category, Casey? The category choose? is weird looking sea creatures. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your choice was? The chambered nautilus. These are really cool looking. I think they're just cool. Anyway, go yes. on, tell us about well, them. Well, when I think weird, I also think cool. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the chambered nautilus. Its scientific name is Nautilus bilensis. Okay. They are found in the Indo-Pacific. They are a pelagic species that likes to live in the open ocean. They can be found at deep depths as well. They will actually migrate vertically after sundown. And during the day can be found at depths of 610 meters. And at night they are found in shallower, shallower waters around 91 meters. The reason for this migration is to find prey that is returning to the deep at sunrise as well as to avoid some predators. Hmm. These shells have a diameter of 16 to 21 centimeters. <laughs> Too much. Okay, but oh, I thought they were bigger than that. Okay. Yeah. About a little over eight inches, folks. Mm-hmm. So the Nautilus differs from its other cephalopod relatives in that it actually has quite a long lifespan and can, at, can live up to 20 years. Whereas most others live only like two. <laughs> they are opportunistic feeders that hunt um, fish and crustaceans like crabs and fish, I mean shrimp, <laughs> and will scavenge off the remains of other animals as well. Nautilus are unique in that they are the only cephalopod that have an external shell. Like snails, the shell is made by their mantle and the shell is divided into multiple compartments. At the time that they are babies, they have around four chambers, but as adults, they can have over 38. As the animal ages, its body will move forward through the shell, and as it grows, it produces a wall called a septum that seals off the old chambers. The Nautilus can withdraw its entire body into the last compartment of its shell and closes the opening with a leathery hood. Hmm. Along with protection, there is another important job for the shell of the Nautilus, and that is to control its buoyancy. The old chambers contain a mixture of argon and nitrogen gas and a liquid saline solution. The chambers are also connected by a tube called a siphuncle. A siphuncle? <laughs> yes, a I siphuncle. think that is my favorite term you have ever said. And it uses this structure to change the liquid to gas ratio in the chambers. And this modifies its weight and allows it to choose its buoyancy, allowing it to move up and down. Have we ever talked about anything that has a siphuncle? No. I feel like I'd remember that term. Is there anything else besides these that has a siphuncle? Uh, I don't believe so. I'm going to look for an excuse to say siphuncle. Okay, anyway. Along with the, this buoyancy control, the Nautilus moves by jet propulsion by pulling water into its mantle cavity and blowing it out through its siphon. Unlike its other cephalopod relatives, the Nautilus lacks suckers on its tentacles and instead has alternating grooves and ridges that also secrete a sticking uh, secretion that helps it grip onto objects. They also differ from other cephalopods in the number of appendages that they have. So octopus and squid have around 8 to 10, uh, whereas the uh, nautilus can have up to 90. What? Yep. That's so much. Yep. The nautilus is a truly ancient species. Studies using DNA techniques to compare tissues to fossil nautiloids 
show that today's Nautilus are the only living descendants of a group of animals that thrived in the oceans 500 million years ago when Earth's continents were still forming. Wow. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things about these guys is they have what's called a pinhole camera eye. And I love these guys as a good example of evolution of the eye in mollusks because in mollusks you can find like all the different stages of eye evolution because there's like these little clams that have just light little light sensitive cells okay um then you also have like other cephalopods that have complex eyes similar to ours like squids and octopus and cuttlefish and you also have these guys which have the pinhole camera eye so basically it shows like evolution of the eye whereas like it just continues to cup until you get to like the nautilus which has just like a little hole and then it's a little pinhole like a pinhole camera okay. it's old technology i know people won't get it but basically it's really only good for detecting light and dark oh okay. um, but i find it very interesting because like you'll also find a lot of people like saying oh how could the eye just create itself and like in most you could kind of see oh. the evolution eye, and i find it very interesting of course you do i yes. mean not that it's not i'm just saying this <laughs> right up your alley yep so they can still find themselves around even though they have a very not as sophisticated eye because it doesn't have a lens so they can't form images like we can or okay. other cephalopods can but it's still very useful to All them right. and even though they're not nearly seen as nearly as intelligent as other um cephalopods they have studies have shown they can do understand simple um puzzles like going in from one room into another okay so, um these guys haven't been assessed by the IUCN red list. Um, the main threat for these species is the ornamental shell trade, as well as overfishing, because they have very beautiful shells yes. that people like to collect. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, but, of course, that's not done sustainably, so uh, oftentimes that's threatening their populations. Um, and even though it has been assessed by the IUCN red list, the chambered nautilus um, was listed as an endangered species back in 2019 under the Endangered Species Act. Hmm, okay. So it is protected here in the United States. That's good. Yep. Are they pretty much all over the world, though? Anywhere pelagic? It's the Indo-Pacific. Oh, just kidding. There are a couple other nautilus species, and I think th they might be found all over the ocean if you include all nautilus. Okay. All right, well, I had to go on a search for weird-looking stuff. And, of course, some of the stuff we've done before is weird-looking and horrifying. Um, I'm hoping this isn't horrifying. I don't know if it is. So I chose the red-lipped batfish, and I cannot wait for you folks to see a picture of this thing. I hope I can find a good one because mm. it's a weird-looking animal. So its scientific name is Oxocephalus, is what I'm going with. Darwinny. Darwinny. That's fun. Anyway, okay. This species is found in the Pacific Ocean, and they are also known as the Galapagos batfish. And as you may suspect, they are found around the Galapagos Islands. They are bottom-dwelling fish species that lives on the sandy bottoms of reefs at depths of 3 to 76 meters below the surface. They average around 40 centimeters long. I'm going to try to guess. It's going to be like... 20 about 20 40 oh i was a little off 16 <laughs> 16 centimeters, centimeters uh, inches about that okay anyway the red lip batfish is primarily a piscivore and feeds on smaller fish species but will also hunt small invertebrates like shrimp crabs worms and mollusks this fish species also has quite the unique body shape the batfish has a somewhat compressed body and is almost pancake-shaped. On the top side of the fish, there is a light brown and grayish color, while its underside is white. 
This is an example of counter shading, which allows this fish to better camouflage, especially with it spending much of its time on the floor. When predators look at it from above, they'll blend in well with the brown color of the sand of the coral reefs where it is usually found. As you may have guessed from this animal's common name, it has bright, nearly fluorescent red lips that make it, as make it appear as though it has just eaten a bloody meal or put on some cheap, very bright red lipstick. Why is it cheap? <laughs> Because it's just gross and yeah. so bright. Mm -hmm. Anyway. It looks cheap. Okay. Scientists are still debating as to why this fish has such bright red lips. Some suspect that, like some humans that wear lipstick, these lips may be used to help attract mates. And others suspect that it may be used to improve species recognition. And as a little fun fact, this is not the only fish to show rosy red lips, as one of its closest relatives is the rosy-lipped batfish. Another batfish. <laughs> anyway, okay. Another very particular, peculiar, sorry, another very peculiar aspect of this fish is its weird fins. These fish are very much capable of swimming along the ocean floor to search for food, but they have highly modified pectoral and pelvic fins that somewhat resemble legs. More often than not, you will normally see these batfish using their pseudo legs while walking along the seafloor, as well as to perch on to allow the fish to better survey their surroundings. It moves by alternating their limb-like fins and kind of looks like a walking frog and is actually quite awkward. And when it decides to swim instead, it will tuck its pectoral fins underneath its body back and forth to move forward. <laughs> The red-lipped backfish also has a structure on their head called an elysium, mm -hmm. okay, which it uses like a lure, just like the anglerfish, to lure prey in closer to allow it to feed once they get too close to escape. The red-lipped batfish is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. It's currently it currently isn't facing any known major threats, but rising sea temperatures and coral bleaching could pose a future threat, as this will alter their natural habitat and impact food resources they're crazy looking yo mm. i think that's probably the craziest looking sea thing <laughs> out there anyway all right well that is gonna bring us to our animal of the week and our animal of the week this week is it's the sitatunga it's the sitatunga which is our listener's choice anyway continue on <laughs> so these guys are in the order Artiodactyla, and then they're in the family bovidae and their scientific name is Tragelophus speckii. Speckii, that's fun. Speckii. Speckii, okay. Yep. This species is found in parts of Central and Eastern Africa and some scattered populations in Southern Africa as well. They live in a variety of habitats, including swamps, savannas, and forests, typically preferring areas with tall and dense vegetation and seasonal swamps. They have been known to live up to 22 years in human care. I'm sorry. Say that again because that sounded like 200. <laughs> <laughs> they live up to 22 there years. There 22. Okay, that's what it was. Sorry. In human care. <laughs> All right. They are sexually dimorphic species. Males are larger than females. Females about 1.15 meters long and males usually about 1.6. And they can weigh from 50 kilograms to 125 kilograms. Given that these antelope prefer living near bodies of water, they will eat a lot of watery plants, such as papyrus and reeds. Oh, okay. Even though they tend to be grazers, they will also stand on their hind legs to reach for higher plants. One seemingly nasty habit that this species is known for is feeding on elephant dung because Ew. they will eat the undigested seeds found in dung to get additional nourishment. Gross. 
Along with being sexually dimorphic in size, these antelope sexes also vary in color from one another. Males tend to be a chocolate brown or grayish brown color, while females, on the other hand, are more bright chestnut color. Males also have a pair of impressive spiraled horns. As the antelopes mature, the adults will develop longer coats and have white markings on their face, ears, and bodies, while the youngins tend to have a woollier coat with white spots and stripes and on a red-brown coat. Cute. Mm -hmm. This species actually has pretty diverse social structures because they are usually found grazing on their own, but are also known to live in male-female pairs, bachelor groups, and even family units that consist of a bull with multiple females called ewes and their offspring. Hmm. These antelopes actually have splayed feet, which help them swim better than many other hoofed animals. These wide splayed hooves also help them walk on softer terrain like muddier soil of swamps and marshes, but would make them very clumsy on firmer terrain like in grasslands. Hmm, interesting. Are there many other antelope things that do that weird socialization like that? I am not sure. Okay. Uh, la, da, 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 da. I lost my spot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they were walking on the savannah. No, yes. Okay. So the wide splayed hooves help them walk on softer terrain like muddier soil of swamps and marshes. And this is because the splayed hooves act kind of like snowshoes and distribute their weight across a wider surface instead of straight down, which would cause them to just sink in the mud. Okay. Even though they live in more densely planted areas, it still can get quite hot, so they will spend the hottest part of the day resting in shade of reeds, and they will rest on platforms made up of dried plants that they actually construct themselves by oh. walking around in circles and stomping on the vegetation. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. These antelopes are always found in close proximity to water, and in case of an emergency, they will jump into the water to avoid a predator. The Sitotogan will even sink below the water water surface into deeper areas with only their nostrils above the water, kind of like a snorkel. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Even though they will venture into deeper water, they will avoid open water that has less vegetation because they want to feel w nice and secure where there's a lots of plants to hide them. Are there ever crocodiles in these water places that they go into? Probably not, I don't I would think, say, otherwise so. it does not seem like that would be a good choice to jump into the water. Yeah. <laughs> So the Sitatonga is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, but their populations are declining. The most significant threat to their, this species is loss of habitat due to development in wetland areas. This species is also being hunted as a source for the bushmeat trade. There is some conservation work being done to help protect them. Organizations are working to develop conservation tourism to work with local communities to construct lodges on land that would be protected. So wildlife like the Sitatunga can roam safely with revenue from this tourism going to wildlife conservation. Another important part of conservation is bridging the gap between conservation and education with communities engaging in conservation. Um, these organizations are providing schools with tech labs and conservation curriculums to help provide incentives for conservation and education in the local communities. Okay. Yep. That's I mean, pretty much how you have to solve these problems. Yep. So... Anyway, I want to go see them in the mm -hmm. wild. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our challenge, Casey. Uh -huh. And I think this is probably going to be our final alphabet challenge of the series. The ba, series, ba, the podcast, ba. whatever. So what we're going to do this time. You got your timer going. We do Ten, five minutes. Five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> okay. We always screw this up. All right. 
We are doing animals with a region in their name. So, for example, like the Atlantic. It doesn't have to be Atlantic Ocean, but it has to be like Atlantic or like Asian. Eurasian will also count. Mm -hmm. I will allow this. Or like Arctic is fine. Something like that. Animals like that. Okay. Okay? Oh, oh, I failed. Failed. The dice. Got it. There's no room on the quiet part. Okay. A one. Get that roll out. (laughs) All right. That was a crit fail. Anyway, it's one, so it's Casey, because it's odd. Okay. All right. You ready? I believe so. Oh, gosh. Okay. We got to go out with a bang on this one, all right? Mm-hmm. Okay, go. European bison. Okay. Arctic fox. Arctic wolf. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right. Um, South American bushmaster? Yeah, that okay. is one. Okay, cool, cool. Let's see. Oh, boy. Oh, Catalina Island rattlesnake. I mean, I'll accept it, I guess. I meant more like continents and oceans. Oh. It's a region. <laughs> uh, it's an island, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, isn't there a Madagascar tree frog? There's a Madagascar something. I suppose a tree frog. I don't know. Okay, fine. Come up with something else. Um, ah, how am I already dying? Can we count polar bear because it's at the <laughs> poles? <laughs> African penguin. Okay. Okay. Be a boy. Oh, Pacific bluefin tuna. Oh my gosh, all these Pacifics and stuff. Okay. Um. Uh. The, um. Atlantic puffin. Atlantic spotted dolphin. Antarctic petrel. <laughs> okay. Um. It's the Antarctic, right? Not the Arctic. Yes, because that's a different one. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arctic tern. I was gonna say. Dang it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you did the spotted dolphin already, right? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Pacific anchovy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You... Was it anchovy or sardine? Oh, wait. No, that would be sardine. Sardine. Pacific sardine. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was something I chose. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Atlantic bluefin tuna. Isn't there a North Atlantic right whale? Yes, there is. Ha Yeah. I can't do Southern now. We can't do just Southern. I know. Oh, you were going to do the same one? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Let's see. Oh, Eurasian lynx. Okay. Eurasian eagle owl. Ah. Why am I going blank? I don't know. Oh, no, I had one. Now I lost it. Oh, I got it back. Okay. Oh, Asian golden cat. Cool. African wild dog. Dang it. (laughs) Is it African black but a cat? I should know that. I don't think so. But there is. African leopard? No. It's a different one. I don't know why I'm helping you with that. It's a different cat. Oh. Uh, usually we say it without the African, but South I South African cheetah. N- no, but okay, we'll go with it. I would say African serval. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times they're said that way. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um Canadian lynx? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shoot. Um Cana- Canada goose. Canadian goose? What Canadian is that? Canadian goose. Canadian goose. <laughs> Canada goose. Oh my gosh. Uh American Martin. Okay. Um isn't there like an Asiatic black bear? 
Yes, there is. Great. Wrong with that. Andean bear. Fantastic. Now we're just in countries. Okay. <laughs> we're supposed to be doing continents, but... Um, uh, New Zealand. Nope, it's not New Zealand. It's just something else. Um, oh, no. Is it American? Oh. North American black bear? Or say American black bear? You can say American Okay. Uh, Asian small clawed otter. Okay. Um... If we're doing stuff like that, can I say a Chinese alligator? Sure. Okay, great. Let's go and say, oh, Chinese giant salamander. Yeah, that's the next one. Great. Okay. Can't say giant panda. That has no no thing in it. Um, American beaver? Isn't it American? Yeah. Eurasian beaver. God, okay. This is not going great. Okay, um... I'm, I'm counting it. A Hawaiian monk seal. It's an island. Okay. Um, I, it was one of the first things we did. Atlantic angel shark. Oh, I remember being Atlantic. Okay. Um, Hawaiian happy face spider. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. How did I not think of that one? I don't think about islands. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank now. What? I was going to say Greenland shark. Ah. Anyway, we, we went a little bit off. We were supposed to stick to continents, but technically yeah. islands are kind of like continents, but we really should have been doing just islands yeah. and continents and not countries. <laughs> well, technically, it's continents and oceans. Japanese macaque. Oh, yeah. Japanese giant salamander. There we go. I'd count that because it's an island. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, how? Oh, I was not counting 43. at all. 43. Really? Yeah. We have 43? Yeah. I'm so proud of us. Mm-hmm. I think that's Well, 43 the... or 33. I'm pretty sure 43, though. Okay. I'm going to say 33 to 43, and I'll have to go check that. Either way, I think that's one of the best mm. we've ever done on yeah. that. I'm so proud of us that we actually did pretty well, mm-hmm. even though we totally <laughs> we went off the rails we went off the rails a bit i'll count catalina because it's an island but like the country ones we really shouldn't unless they're actually a full-on island mm-hmm. anyway but um but hey i'm still pretty proud of us i'm not gonna lie all right well uh don't forget folks we only have two episodes left for the podcast so you know check them out they're gonna be wild cards so they're gonna be something weird Probably. If it's Casey, it's going to be weird and probably terrifying. <laughs> I already know what I want for my next choice, so it's kind of cute. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Mm-hmm.